Blog Talk Radio. out there claiming democracy all around the world. This is for you. They say we live in an age where no racism exists and people are treated fairly because we darken the president, but I don't see it. 
We lack freedom hanging on the prejudice Bible thumping and fighting like the answer is an exodus Burning Quran, overfeeding Buddha, slapping Vishnu Praying to a god, you say god, I say which dude It's a mixed crew, not disrespecting, trying to fix you Fixated on an antiquated way of living Telling gays to get straight, stay oppressing all the women When your mind is locked inside a cage, religion is a prison And the world is like a prison full of colors that we live in Who's the sinner, sitting high upon a horse that's named division That you're beating after death, now you're refusing to live in My conclusion is I'm frustrated, struggling with the pain Cause this so-called civilized society is lame So I'm asking everybody, where the hell is all the change? Tell me, no more war we will live in freedom, liberty for all, but it never came, no more war, we will live in freedom, liberty for all, but it never came, there will remain nameless. Faceless in the eye, the giant murder for capital, five bullets to riders Lies speak for the people, supplying drugs to the mindless masses And sad to strike, where crime rates are rising in the inner city Violence is the way of life, I pity them Projects are made, full of mice, taking witty steps Hunting by the lines while they're blinded by the kitty's breath Living on the run, or you die, I say give me death It's like a predatory game on the food chain Who do you claim? Carnival over fruit stain Everything's the same, from a gang to a terrorist Military game Halliburton down in Merrill Lynch Wall Street, think it's all sweet? Check the stats in We can lay down, stick a closed mind and nap or We can stand up, make a change, take some action Break the factions, down to fractions and half them, yeah No more war We will live in free Liberty for all But it never came No more war We will live in free for all, but it never came. All right, you just heard Where's the Change by Catzilla. I'm actually really excited about interviewing them today. And we have, right, well, we're still waiting on, oh, no, I think we got them both. I think we got them both. So let me go ahead and introduce them both. We have the pairing of German hip-hop producer Shrizilla and American MC Seagat, a throwback to old school boom style of hip-hop with the, prog- the progressive flow and a conscious eye. The debut album, Attack on the Titan, will be available November 19, 2013. So let's welcome to the show, Seagat and Shrewzilla of Gatzilla. What's up, y'all? Yo, good morning. Can you hear good me? Good morning. I can hear you all right. Is that Seagat oh, or Shrewzilla? Is that Seagat or Shrewzilla? Apparently no one can hear me. Can you guys hear me okay? I can hear you, yeah, but I can hear Gats. Okay. Gats, where are you at? All right, well, maybe we'll have to get to Gats in a second. We'll talk to Spruzilla until then. <laughs> so <laughs> let's... Uh, I'm in Germany you know? and I can hear you, but Gats oh, can't hear you. Spruzilla all the way from Germany, and I can hear Spruzilla. I don't know where Seagat is. But we'll worry about that in a second. So the track we just heard, let's talk a little bit about the production 
on that last track, Where's the Change? Where, did you, were these beats that you already had, or were these things you made specifically for this album? No, no, uh, I made some beats, not extra for Seagap, but he, I, I gave him about 50 beats, and he picked some for the, for the project, and this one uh, is special for, for, for the topic of the, of the track he wanted to do with. Okay. Well, you know, I, I think we can get them now. Seagats, are you there now? Nope, we don't have you, Seagats. Sorry, you might have to call in like a regular person. She's trying to be fancy with the technology and use Skype. I need you to call in. Just go ahead and yo, use yo. the phone. You have a phone. Oh, yeah, I Seagat. hear There we go. All right, what's going on? <laughs> I'm Some technical difficulties. We're good now. No, I'm good. I'm good. What's going on? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> really? What's going on? You show up late and you're like, what's going on? Really? You know, fashionably late. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? He was just saying, we were we were prepping for the show. He's like, I want to be on time. I want to change the, the whole thing with CP time. And yet. I know, right? <laughs> 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 that's all right, though. You know, we got you here now, and that's all that matters. But what's, what's also funny is we thought Spruzilla was going to be the issue. It looks like uh, somebody who's actually in the state is having the bigger problem. That's sometimes I'm, like that, right? I know this doesn't look very good for me, but uh, you know what? I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what up, guess, right y'all? What's going on, Zilla? <laughs> all right, let's get right to the point. Godzilla is dope as hell. Let me just say this album is dope. The, you guys are dope. And I've listened to the album multiple times. And I can honestly say it's brilliant from the lyrics to the concepts and, of course, the dope-ass production. But what really makes the album dope is the process in which this came about. I already, you know, mentioned that you were in Germany, but let's really let's talk about how this project actually came together. So how did you guys even begin to have this conversation for this album? All right. Uh, well, I guess you first... Oh, go ahead, man. Yeah. I'll grab the question. Hello. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, I've known Zilla for a few years now, actually. I met him through, oddly enough, uh, somebody I went to high school with. Um, we kind of, re- you know, we kind of linked up on uh, Facebook after years of not seeing each other in high school, and he added me to this group called Zilla's Crew. I was like, okay, cool. It seemed to be like a really hip-hop-oriented uh Facebook group, and uh, he was basically working with a lot of different artists uh, that were in that group, and I, I heard his beats, and they were dope. And just over the years, we just kind of, we just kind of, you know, he would hit, hit me with beats. I'd use a few here and there for a while. I, you know, I kind of was sleeping on his beats a little bit. I didn't really use them a lot, and he, was, you know, he started bugging me a little bit. Come on, when are we gonna work together? When are we gonna work together? And then finally, I broke down, and you know, I don't know. I just heard this whole slew of beats that just really hit me hard and they just really drew a lot of inspiration out of me. Next thing I know, here's the album. (laughs) (laughs) So when I think of this album, there are two groups that come to mind, two duos that come to mind, and that's J-Lib and Foreign Exchange. And mostly because I think the the process more so than anything, not necessarily you guys replicated the sound, but just the process. Maybe for those who um, aren't familiar um, like, for example, Foreign Exchange, that was Fonte and Nicolay, and they did the whole album separate from each other. 
They were in totally right. different countries, and they put the album together. And that makes me think of Gatzilla. Were, were, the, were those concepts of J-Lib, as far as the title, and uh, the concepts of putting the album together across, you know, internationally, was, were those concepts in your, in your mind when you are putting this together? Were those two projects at all? Um, I, honestly, not not really. Um, I mean, obviously, when you think, uh, you know, American and European, you know, producer with an American MC coming together, you think foreign exchange. But uh, as far as coming coming up with the name, it just seemed to. I mean, you know, I'm C Gat Spoozilla. The first thing that came to my mind was Godzilla. You know, but with Gat. Really, you know, it's it's kind of a boring explanation, but. That's pretty much all it was, really, to be honest. There was no deep thought process behind it. It just sounded cool. (laughs) (laughs) Ideas just sound good, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. Um, I also wanted to kind of get into, I want to make sure we have enough time for all your music. And um, the next song I want to play is Soul. Now, this is my fellow Black Skeptics LA member, Nakomi's favorite song. And those of you guys who know Nakomi, Nakomi's kind of big on the, in the black atheist scene right now because she's doing her thing. And um, she she loves this song. If you guys remember, if you remember seeing that, she was on your Facebook page. Not yes. even your, I'm sorry, on her own Facebook page, praising the hell out of this song, Soul, from this album. <laughs> and yes, I think, I was afraid she was going to, like, bust out in tongues on, like, like some Juanita Bynum on Twitter type <laughs> shit. Like, this. <laughs> I just the way she praised the song. I think she's on the line too, and I'm, she's probably like, "What? Is they over there clowning me?" Yep, I'm clowning you, McComey. But um, you'll catch you after yeah. the show, man. You better watch it back. <laughs> I know. I better watch my back. I'm, I'm gonna be like, "You can't walk through Long Beach no more, heifer." <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, she really, she really does the song. And was, and was, I think I told you when um, I was when I first heard, I was actually with her. And her was, I mean, she was just all into the song, quoting the lyrics and everything. And when, as I listened to it, I totally got why she loved this song. I thought it was, I still think it, it, it is my favorite song on the album. And um, I want to play it right now, but I want you to kind of tell us the concept behind it. I don't want to give too much away. I'd rather you talk a little bit about it. All right, not a problem. Um, basically, uh, basically, I, you know, if you go on to a lot of the secular pages, uh, secular websites, blogs, whatever, what have you, um, you, you see a lot of uh, discussions about the use of the word spiritual, uh, phrase spirituality or uh, soul, and um, I don't know, I've seen a few conversations that just rubbed me the wrong way, uh, people's interpretation of the word, it, uh, they, they were saying that it just shouldn't be used at all because there's no such thing as a spirit and, 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 and spirits and gods and whatnot, which I do agree with, but Basically, this song um, addresses my look, outlook on that uh, as far as, um, I mean, words are what, whatever you make them. They don't have to be taken literally. And um, basically, that's what this song is talking about. I'll let, this, I'll let the song do the rest of the talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a second. I want you to kind of give us his take on that song. How did you feel after you heard the song, after he put his verses over it and you heard your beat under it? How did you feel about the song altogether? Okay. Maybe you can't hear me. <laughs> That's all right. We'll just how about this? I'll ask that question again when we come back from the song. <laughs> the technical difficulty thing is, is interesting, right? But it, we got it. 
Caught up on words and meanings But check this out Uh, yeah See, yes, I got soul Yeah, Spookzilla got soul Yeah, but Gatzilla got soul Yeah, Grand Unified Soul They got it, so authentic got soul Yeah, that's right, we got soul Uh, yo, check it, listen Yo Say it don't exist Others say it keeps us moving In this world full of hatred and violence It keeps us human I don't like to play the game of semantics So I don't get involved Don't believe in spirits But I do believe in metaphors Our language has evolved over centuries New vernaculars Spectacular Artistically gifted writers with pads and pens Providing me with pride for my ancestry of Africans Songs that came from warriors Oppressed people and activists Yeah, four letter words Understandable People think that I believe in ghosts no, when I say I feel the beat, I'm motivated by my goals Better believe I mean I got a lot of soul Yeah, yo, that four-letter word Understandable People think that I believe in ghosts No, when I say I feel the beat, I'm motivated by my goals Better believe I mean I got a lot of soul Yeah, so even though I'm not religious And don't believe in spirits I can never tell a man that I have spirit You're wilding off the definition Living and vile despite the context Words are just some letters used to jack text The progress is in the way we mock less and that To be honest, and we've been acting childish And rational a lot less So take a step back for perspective, a deeper look When I say I have soul, not the meaning inside a book I mean I'm living a free life, so I'm feeling just like I should In the hood, but I feel like a million dollars of good While you can't take my money, you can't take that from me I'm a fighter, well enlightened, I'm too bright to be a dummy Keep it sunny on the inside, poetically I'm speaking Soul is glowing when I flow, it's like I'm running through the speakers Never falling for your speeches Or conforming to your weakness Undefeated in my mind Cause real soul is true freedom Now I mean That four better words Understandable People think that I believe in ghosts No, when I say I feel the beat I'm motivated by my goals Better believe I mean I got a lot of soul Yeah, yo, that four letter word Understandable People think that I believe in ghosts No, when I say I feel the beat I'm motivated by my goals Better believe I mean I got a lot of soul Yeah that four letter word, understandable. People think that I believe in ghosts. No, when I say I feel the beat, I'm motivated by my goals. Better believe I mean I got a lot of soul. Yeah, yo, that four letter word, understandable. People think that I believe in ghosts. No, when I say I feel the beat, I'm motivated by my goals. Better believe I mean I got a lot of soul. All right, you just heard Soul by Gazzilla. That's on their album that's coming out November 19th called Attack on Titan. And I don't know, I haven't seen anything but good praise regarding this song. Even when I first heard it with Nakomi, there was someone else there, uh, shout out to Darren, who's a documentary uh, filmmaker who's doing actually some work on black atheism and black atheists. He was there, and he was all into the song. So I know this song has got nothing but praise. Were you expecting such a good response? 
having more problems. Oh, there we go. There we go. Gas, I got you now. Thank you for unmuting me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> wasn't Whatever. my fault this time. Yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. Go ahead. They're probably all, all on blast on my own show, right? That's the name of the show, right? On blast. There you go. <laughs> Don't put the oath on blast. That's not the concept. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway were you expecting such a good response? Uh, to that uh, song. Uh, well, well, quite honestly, um, I wasn't sure what to expect. I just when I when I write songs, I really don't, you know, you know, this might sound funny, but I really don't think about what are people gonna think about it. I, everything I write just comes straight out of me. It's, it's heartfelt, and that's it. I mean, I'm glad everybody liked it, but I wasn't really thinking, okay, is everybody gonna like this song? To be honest. Okay, but you have to admit, after you put it all together and you heard it, you were like, whoa. Oh, I was definitely. <laughs> I was. I mean, I personally was. You know, I definitely loved the song, but there have been plenty of times I loved the song and other people haven't. You know what I'm saying? So, That's speaking true. for myself, I, 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 I definitely, I definitely love the song. That's, you know, you know, not, I'm not trying to sound sarcastic, but you know, that's def, that's why I put it on the album because it made the cut. You know what I'm saying? But you know, right. but I'm hey, I'm glad everybody likes it. <laughs> Let's even get Shpoozilla back with us. Uh, Shpoozilla, you still there? I can hear you. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, you can hear us. I wanted to know um, what did you think after you heard the song completed and you hear your beat under it? Do you feel, I mean, obviously you fet like, you know, MC uh, Gats, MCs rather, did his thing. But how did you feel about the project? I mean, I'm sorry, how did you feel about the song after it was completed, the concept and everything? Did you think the concept went well with the beat that you had put together? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the the sample gets the, the the topic of the song. You know, the 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 lady songs uh, sings about the soul in every line, and Gats made a perfect job on it. And it's on on every track from the album, Gats blowed me away. Oh, thank you. And he. <laughs> He did a fucking great job. You will listen in November 19th. And, uh, yeah, it's just great to work with him. And, yeah, it's my second album after, ex- after the Excellence Project, and I'm fucking proud to work with fucking good MCs like she gets. How long Much have you been a producer? What? How long have you been, how long have you been, a producer? How long have you been involved in music? How long? Yeah. Uh, about 10, 10, 12 years. So you're a professional, basically. <laughs> you, you've had it that long. You're just definitely a professional. Not earning money for it, but but we will see if that change now. And i, I got to tell you uh, something, not, not to cut you guys off, but that's what's amazing about Spoozilla. He's clearly an extremely talented producer. He, he just said he's been doing this for 12 years. He's not asked for a dime from any of the any of the artists he's worked with. Even before me, I I, bet, I pretty much had to force him to accept the fact that I was going to get his ass paid for this album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's nah, that's you. you know what I'm saying, and that's you know what I mean that that right there shows you that it's just for the love of hip hop, and that's what I think is missing in the industry right now, and that's why I love working with him. Aside from the fact his beats are just crazy, but you know, right? Yeah. So. 
Zilla, what's your drive? If it's not obviously, it's not money. So, what's the, what's your drive in this? Like, what motivates you to continue to make just you know these dope ass tracks? Uh, can you repeat the quality? The, the quality is bad. Oh, I understand that. So, what if it's not money? What inspires you and motivates you? Because you'll always hear a lot of artists and producers they'll always say, "Oh, I'm about this money. I got to make this money." It doesn't sound like money is your actual motivation. What is it that really motivates you and inspires you to continue to make this music? You've been doing it for 10, 12 years, and you don't ask for money. At least you haven't yet. <laughs> so what is it that motivates you? It's not my, my, my first aim to make money. First, it's the music. It's hip-hop first. And then comes the money. I got a good job right now where I make enough money to live. And hip-hop is not my hobby. It's more, it's, 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 it's everything, everything else. And uh, I'm, sh I'm pretty sure if I would uh, take money since day one for my beats, I wouldn't have come to work with Gats or another MCs that uh, work right now with me. He's right about that because I was broke as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it, okay. yeah, maybe. <laughs> Okay, but the it's, next it's, song. It's, it's the pleasure of making music just, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's, well, I agree with what Seagat said a minute ago. He said that's what's missing in hip-hop, or missing in music, really, is just the, the art, the passion of doing it, you know? So I totally respect that. And I want to get into this next song. It's called Push. It's featuring fellow Grand Unified Sam, Gifted Anomaly, and Tune from the Dead Man. And it's another dope track from the album. I love the production on the track, and the concept is very motivational, in my opinion. And uh, with, first, before I get to the song, was that the intention, see, guys, to make something motivational? Oh, I'm sorry, say that yeah. again? For the song, what? Push. The Push, okay. <laughs> for the song, Push. I'm laughing because he was like, What? Um, for the song Push, I found the song to be very motivational because I'm listening to the verses that they said. It was like, yeah, I've been through that. I know what it's like to have to push through adversity and all that. Right. So was was this the intention to make a motivational track? Or I mean, even if it was just for yourself, but was this the intention? Right. Well, before I get into that, I also got to gotta give props to my man Charlie Rose, who was on that track too. He killed it at the end. Um, shout out to him. Also, he had a, he had a loss in his... Uh, his family this week, so I definitely want to give condolences for that. But anyway, um, regarding the album, uh, the song itself, um, it was initially just intended to be kind of like that end of, end of the album posse cut. But you know, it's these days it's really hard for me to do a song without having some kind of a message to it. And um, you know, uh, basically what you said is true. Um, it's basically um, in regards to my verse. Um, Pushing through adversity, overcoming adversity, um, you know, sort of like anyone who's ever gone through anything really rough and felt like that they were at the end of the line, you know, it's it's representative of climbing that mountain and, and, and reaching that pinnacle and, and, and handling it and feeling like, a, you know, feeling like a, a G, you know what I'm saying, at the end of it. Um, you know, some of the other artists on it kind of took a different direction with it, um, so I can't really speak for them, but that was the basic gist of the, the entire song, you know. Okay, so thank you for that. And I want to go ahead and play that song, Push, featuring Gifted Anomaly, oh, sorry, Gifted Anomaly, 
Tooth on the Dead Man, and Charlie Rose. Yeah, you got me? Of course, son. Yeah, I push right through it. Do right by my family type. Foolish at times, I fight. Ruthless and die despite rules bent. New threads in my closet, I need a few ends. Not a flashy set rapper, I mean I'm Cleveland and stupid. Got like two pants for work in the shirt. I'm feeling worthless, but I'll never kneel for work in the church. I'm self-sufficient, so I'm fishing for freedom inside to see a life. Need a knife to gut it, I'm suffering to get a meal. So you understand I'm tired of hearing you got a meal. Hearing you got to chill, these other rappers are real. They clapping still for a deal, the lyrics they really ill. But swagger will pay the bills, so fuck it, I'm here to kill. Industry murders, free murder. Beast until you heard of me, burglary, first degree, purging the scene, unworthy beast. You get a dirty seat, I'm gunning, running for the throne, I'm running done, I'm busting flows to run them over, trucking, go. I mean it when I say trapping. Bars steady attaching. Never tell when attacking. Your pan alone is too tight for you to even react to. What the fuck are y'all wearing? Aiming for time. Venom ain't the only fabric tearing. Aiming for mine. See if your galaxies can take a load on the bearing. These niggas who speed is racing a fleet of McLaren. They're challenging the flash and tag. Ass off the swag, not realizing it's fearing. Dying off your own vomit. Swag tagging up a body bag. Giving this war with untalented force. Feeling kids in a hard never. It's a grenade launcher. Clear the corridor whenever I get the urge. Hip hops like an OCD for me to get me the purge. So keep these words and I quit. A surge and surge a hot iron clip. If you lying and why spit, I'll hop spit a rocket to any challenge of cockpit. To my old crew, the ones that swing when I'm I'm still pushing, regardless of the fact that all the facts are given me Simply because I'm the type that all things and the tank is empty I flip these obstacles and the state of the nose is that impossible Slayer and they say with determination the pathological Cause I've been left and forgotten, karma's is forgotten, then abandoned Now the day they left to stone, but once they could stand landing So I'm handing out the fuck you, but when I come through I do exactly what I want to But to say that it's not a struggle would be untrue See I've never lived a cushy life, sometimes this life will push me like A bully that likes to push me twice and knock me down and take my bite They fools in the refrigerator, those women that always left me later So-called friends and allies only revealed to be the biggest traitor People that lack the faith to me with this music shit I make them see That all those last and fuckery is bullshit that never budges me I concentrate on me and my family and that's it So when the other conversation you bring it don't mean yeah. Truthfully, most decent fees do not deserve the charity. Same as I breathe, I doubt they lead, they simply unworthy. My talent otherworldly, I smack you and back your girl and what I got you was dope till he turned his head and said no. This is all that I know, it's embedded deep in my soul. Every time I speak and I flow, I won't levitate off the flow. Knocking on the door, 
more Hip hop ain't wanna let me in Strapped it with before And blew off every single head Bringing lyricism back Concepts and all that Had enough of people saying Turn it up in my swag My God, we are surgeons in this ER Saving hip hop Cause right now she needs a new heart and I'm the last star fighter, the best ball writer. Just want a one-nighter. I would never want a wife, but when I step into a cypher, niggas' skins get whiter. They know the bar, they thought they raised. I'm about to raise it higher. I'm gone. <laughs> All right, we have just heard Push by Gatzilla on their album Attack on Titan. And uh, I, I love that song. And I see people in the chat room also love that song. This is another song that has a great response, uh, Gatzilla. <laughs> what do you guys think about the, the positive response to that song? Oh, uh, well. I- Actually, I couldn't even find the chat room, but I mean, damn, thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad, I'm happy anytime anybody, even if it's just one person likes anything I do. So, <laughs> I appreciate appreciate all the, you know, support and the love for the song for sure. Uzilla, what do you think about the response people are having to that song, Push? Because in the chat room, everyone is like praising the song, and I've actually. Actually, when I heard it, I was like, wow, this song is, I have to bump this on my way, if I still had a job. <laughs> 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 I would be bumping this on yeah, my way to work. <laughs> it's definitely uh, one of my favorite songs of the album. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I, ho- uh, I enjoy that the people like it a lot. Absolutely, I feel the same way. Well, thank you so much for letting us here at Black Rethinkers Radio get the first interview for this project, and I appreciate that. I'm super excited about it, and I know it will do well. Can you guys let everyone know where they can get the album? I posted a link in the chat room, but you want everybody know on the air where they can get the album and where they can find you guys? Absolutely. Uh, well, it's actually available for pre-order right now on uh, exclusively on bandcamp.com. Uh, you just go to uh, www.cgats.bandcamp.com, and it's a seven-dollar pre-order. With that, you get three uh, three exclusive songs right away. Um, one of them being uh, "Soul," the first song you heard. Uh, second song is actually "Drone Cipher" with Braden Square, which I'm sure a lot of you people you guys know that guy. Um, it's a really good song, and uh, and then you also get um, uh, "Stop," which I believe you're about to play in a minute. But um, uh, Bandcamp, and then once November 17th rolls around, it will be available on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Your Mama's House, everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just keep a lookout for it there. Um, and uh, oh, I just ordered the uh, physical copies of it this week. They should be coming next week. I'm going to put them up on Bandcamp so you can pre-order those as well. Uh, I'll keep everybody posted on that. I'm not sure when I get them, so. But you'll have access to it everywhere pretty soon. All right, great. So uh, where can people find you? Do like, you have a Twitter, a Facebook, something people can Oh, yeah, absolutely. You? Uh, you, can, uh, you can definitely find me on Facebook, just uh, in the search bar, type in C space Gats. Um, Twitter, I'm at C 
Seagat777. Um, that's pretty much my name on everything, Seagat777. So if you go. <laughs> If you Google that, you'll pretty much find everything. But I'm on, uh, like I said, Bandcamp, cgats.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'm on Reverb Nation, ReverbNation.com slash cgats. Um, SoundCloud uh, slash cgats uh, on that. So yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, True Villa. Do you have, like, a Twitter or Facebook? Oh, do you still have MySpace? I don't know. Do you have something you want to share? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, look for Spuzilla, spelled Z-P-U-Zilla, or soundcloud.com slash Spuzilla, or spuzilla.bandcamp.com, uh, or MySpace. But my, that, that's the older one. You, you, you can <laughs> just delete it. <laughs> All right, I dropped the link to the Bandcamp page for Gatzilla on in the chat room. I also posted the link to SoundCloud for Shuzilla. Um, thank you again, guys, for joining us. Um, I want to get you on South. Oh, go ahead. I, I mean, I do not mean to interrupt, but I forgot. I gotta, I gotta give a really quick shout out to the dude who did the uh, the cover art for my my uh, album. If you guys look it up, it's awesome. Uh, his name is yeah, yeah, uh, uh, um, he's really dope, and if anybody needs some album art, go to that dude. He's 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 good. <laughs> so, go <ahead. laughs> All right. The last song I'm gonna play by Godzilla is "Stop." So I want you go ahead. Why don't you guys go ahead or uh, see Gas or Spuzilla to go ahead and set that up for us? This song "Stop" before I play it. All right. Well, uh, "Stop" is basically it's a story. It's a storytelling song. Um, I came up with the idea. <clears throat> it's a uh, Kind of, kind of a, a mashup between the uh, um, the Snowden situation and then a little bit of the uh, what was the guy's name James Dorner I believe his name was the guy was on the right. run. Um, it's kind of a mashup of those two. Um, what Christopher was it? Dorner. Christopher right. Dorner. Christopher Dorner. I don't know why I thought yeah. it was James. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, James Dorner is in uh, uh, Grand Unified. <laughs> is I might have got the two names mixed up so shout out to James Dorner but uh yeah so uh it's it's basically the story of uh this guy he was uh I guess um affiliated with the military to some extent came across some uh you know classified documents and it takes place in a you know hypothetical future uh near future and uh where, where basically Big Brother is watching and uh so I, I don't want to ruin the story for you, so I'll just let it I'll let it roll from there. All right, so let's go ahead and get into Gatzilla's stop. Thank you again for joining us, guys. No problem. Thank you. We got to thank you. Down the crowded streets, wearing military gear. He could hear the sound of feet behind him. He was very scared, but he kept composure while he's clutching to a notebook. Papers in the folder, too important what he's holding. It's the reason that he's fleeing at top speeds through activists. Pursuers on his heels, wearing riot gear to capture him. Listen, I want to paint the picture clear. It was a sunny day, peering to our future 20 years, maybe 28. The revolution started, and the man on the run was a veteran labeled a terrorist. And they put a gun, they say he's dangerous. A man needs Beast with a bloodlust Killed a couple ages too That could have been one of us They said Hold Freeze I assume Don't move Pause Wait a minute Please don't shoot 
He's on the run, they coming and won't stop. Still a bullet in his head, they gunning for one shot. Blow, stop, hold, freeze. Don't move, pause, wait a minute, please don't shoot He's on the run, they're coming and won't stop Till a bullet's in his head, they're gunning for one shot Black. They warned him, stay inside your house He has an urge to kill, escape beyond the gates of a federal pen And burn the building, listening in the field for a couple weeks They lost him, they said this doesn't happen to our country very often So they set upon a journey across borders to find him he was on a mission through four quarters of violence Murder, death, and mayhem Every corner was wild when they saw him Formed a mob who had all intentions to stop him When he emerged, that was where the story begun at Running in his uniform with data in his rucksack Agents had him numbered, didn't know where his guns at They let loose with the ammunition, hit him with the gun clap Knew he had it coming, so fuck it, he took the nine shots Threw his bag, folder, and book over these five cops and as he dropped the riot, I caught the notebook. First page read, kill for cancer and AIDS. This hope good. Stop, hold, freeze, octoon, don't move. Pause, wait a minute, please don't shoot. He's on the run, they coming and won't stop. Till the bullets in his head, they gunning for one shot. Blow, stop, hold, freeze, octoon, don't move. Pause, wait a minute, please don't shoot. He's on the run, they coming and won't stop. Till the bullets in his head, they gunning for one shot. Blah. All right, you just heard Stop by Gastelus. Again, I wanted to thank them for joining us today on Black Free Thinkers Radio on Black Be The Star. I appreciate them. See, Gast is actually going to stay with us for the next segment. So just let everybody know we are opening up the phone line. You can call in if you are interested in joining us. It's 310-982-4273. That's 310-982-4273 if you want to join us. Um, and the chat is also open. If you cannot see the chat, I heard Seagast mention that he had a little trouble getting to the chat. So if you refresh your page, you'll probably find the chat. So sometimes you have to scroll down and it's a little bit of an issue, but the chat's open. And sometimes we post links there or anything. So I think it's a good thing to get into the chat. Also, it's a good way to get in on the discussion if you don't want to call in. So now that we are in segment two, which we will be discussing the news and hot topics, we'll be getting into the main topic just a little bit later in the second hour of the show. First on our panel, though, we have sports, hip-hop, and tech enthusiast who loves all things Long Beach. He is an amazing journalist and frequent contributor to HipHopDX.com. Welcome, Bruce Smith. Hello, Bruce. Hello. Can you hear me? We can hear you. You're live on the air. <laughs> good evening, fellow Libyans. <laughs> What's good? What's going on, man? What's good? All right. And also, our next panelist, we have Vice Chair of Grand Unified, a secular collective of artists who, who use their talents and skills as musicians, MCs, designers, and writers to inspire science awareness and education. She is now nearing a decade in her career as a writer and multimedia producer in the marketing and advertising field with more than 30 Addy and Telly Awards combined for her work that can be seen and heard across the nation. And we welcome, like I said, Vice Chair of the Collective that I'm a part of, Marissa Holliday. What's up, Marissa? Hello, everybody. Hi. Thank hey. Me? <laughs> G, you in here. So, <laughs> 
so like I said, the phone lines are open. Um, I only have one, well, that's, that's not true. I have three rules. One, stick to the point. Two, be succinct. And three, no personal attacks. That's all. Those are my only rules. If you want to join in on the discussion, that's all I ask. And I don't think today's going to be too heated. We don't have too big of a controversial topic today. Um, and like I said, we'll get into the main topic in the second hour of the show. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to post this article in the chat room, is about a mega church pastor. His name is Stephen Furtick. He's building a North Carolina mansion. And we know how pastors just love to, you know, be poor. They're humble. We know how that goes. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, um, let me actually give the story. And I'm getting this from Raw Story, the Raw Story. So if you guys want to get this article, it's on the Raw Story, and I'll post the link in the chat room. But the pastor of a North Carolina megachurch is building a mega mansion on a 19-acre wooded lot. Stephen Furstick, who turned Elevation Church into one of the fastest-growing congregations in the U.S., is planning a 16,000-square-foot gated estate in Waxhaw, although a church spokesman said the figure is misleading. Elevation's chief financial pointed out that only 8,400 square feet of the home will be heated. Only 8,400, right? Will be. While the remaining roughly 7,600 square feet will be basement, attic, garage, and porch space. So basically, (laughs) I can't laugh. I cannot laugh while I read this story. Um, The Charlotte Observer reported the 33-year-old first dictate $325,000 $325,000 for the property, according to tax records, although its value is $1.6 million. And I think, in, I don't know, in, in North Carolina, that's a lot of money, right? Because in L.A., that ain't, that's a hood house. <laughs> that's, a, that's a house in South Central. I don't really think that's a lot of money. But I, I guess in North Carolina, that's a lot of money. Um, it is. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a chunk. Oh, let me get back to it. Chunk Corbett, the church's chief financial officer, so the pastor will pay for construction of the five-bedroom house with income from books he's written or will write. Quote, he has aligned himself and appeared alongside people who are called gospel of prosperity preachers. However, he has not made a conspicuous purchase until now. Corbett said the home was not a parsonage or a gift from the church. Purchase dismissed the estate in a recent sermon as, quote, not that great of a house, but it would be among the largest in the Charlotte area when it's completed. Um, I think this, the reason why I want to talk about this is because I find it, I, I always find it interesting, especially with the Preachers of L.A. document, I mean, not documentary, reality show <laughs> that has come out. We'll actually talk about that a little bit later, too. Uh, I find it interesting that, you know, we have these, and he says it's from books. I never believe when pastors say it's from books. I don't know if you guys ever believe that. I don't know how many book sales they have to become, you know, fairly rich. So what, what do you guys think? I mean, isn't it a little obnoxious? I mean, unless he's building a halfway house or something, it doesn't sound like that's what he's doing. I I think it's funny that, you know, you can buy a house that large and you say that, oh, the money, you know, it's coming from books that I've written or books I'm about to write. That's like like a dope dealer saying, you know, I bought this house. I bought it from, you know, my laundromat and my other businesses I'm about to open. It's just like $1.6 million on a house from books. Like, I, I think if authors made that much money, it'd probably be a more popular profession and, and more publicized profession, no pun intended. But, you know, it just, it's odd that he, he found this way to make all this money from books. 
Yeah, I, I've never heard of this guy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I need to check the New York Times bestseller list. Maybe he's been on there a bunch of times or something. But that's just a lot of money from books. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I find it uh, ostentatiously hypocritical because we're talking about an individual that has supposedly, allegedly dedicated their life to being at service for the community and by the will of, of a God, which is to do good. So if you have 325K to plunk down on a 10,000 square foot mansion, my question is, how well does that balance out with the kind of work you're supposed to be doing? Right. Oh, by the way, for those of you guys who are calling in, you have to press one, otherwise I'll just assume you don't want to talk. So if you want to talk on the line, you have to press one. Just wanted to make sure people knew that because I have people on the line who like they're waiting, and I don't know if they want to talk or if they just want to listen. So, again, if you want to listen, um, I mean, if you want to listen, you don't have to press one, but if you want to talk, you need to press one. Somebody press one. Uh, caller 410, state your name. Hello? If you're, yeah, if your area code is 410, state your name. <laughs> oh, Tombstone. What's up, Tombstone? <laughs> What's going on? Tombstone, what up? <laughs> You want to chime in on what we just talked about? Yeah, I just, real, real quick. Um, well, you know, I like the analogy that was given earlier about it's like a drug dealer saying, oh, no, I, I made, I bought all this stuff with my laundry mat. That's a perfect analogy. The other <laughs> side of this, the, the other side that really, really disturbs me is it shows you that there is so much money in fleecing people and preying on their insecurities that it's ridiculous. So that's exactly what he does for a living. He's not the only one. He's not the first person to to figure this out and make a killing off of people's belief systems and and, and what them wanting to feel some sort of comfort or or whatever. And I just think it's disgusting. And it keeps happening. And people and I, I will guarantee you that his congregation will make all kinds of excuses for him. You know? Oh no 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 no. You can't say he's one of those jag-leg preachers. This is trying to con us out of the money. Yes, he is. He so is. <laughs> oh, no. That's How could he be anything else? Doesn't he, why does preacher, why does the pastor have to be poor? Shouldn't he be an example of prosperity so the rest of us can, you know, learn to attain that through God's blessings or something? I mean, there's always. Well, I've heard that before. I've heard that. And I, 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 he, he works so hard, God is just blessing him. So that's what we offer him, right? <laughs> on, on that note, on that note, I mean, to speak to that, uh, you know, with pastors of that nature, you know, I just, you know, when they talk about him buying that huge house, I just would like to see what his track record is of helping the people. Because I mean, Absolutely. If this, guy, if this guy has, like, you know, helped people and, Got people to jobs and put people in, in better positions mm-hmm. in his community and his and his church. All these people are doing better from being around this guy. I have absolutely no problem with these guys getting their money. I agree. Them. I a agree. A lot of people get money, but it, if you go to his church and these people are struggling and you know and they're taking their money to give it to this guy and he's buying some huge house and he's not giving back to the people, I think that's when it's a problem. You know, if, if these yeah. people are actually helping these communities and stuff and they're in the community, and they're talking to the people, and they're getting people to jobs, and they're getting people housing and things of that nature, it'd be different. But, you know, if his, if his congregation is, is broken, he has this huge house, and 
he's rolling up in right. you know, a luxury car and he's preaching and you know they're getting blinded from his watch and stuff like that. Like I I, I don't agree with that. I have another caller on the line. Caller six five one. If you want to state your name, please. Uh yeah. What's up, Vita man? This is this is Carrie. Uh, I'm out here in Minnesota. Uh, Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Carrie? Yeah, Long time no hear from. I yeah, miss you. We have you to know. talk. We have to yeah. talk. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead and try to make Carrie. I know uh, you got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, you know, the only thing I never, you know, I, I grew up in a church, right? Like, I had parents who had dinner every time the doors open. You know, they spent their money. We didn't get things because they had to pay to the church. You know, I know everybody is familiar with that, with that building fund bullshit, you know what I'm saying? The little bomber that sat on the wall for like five years, but the, the, the red line never moved up above half, but you still can. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that, 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 you know, uh, just about every church that you go into has it, right? But this is this is the kicker part for me that I try to that I that I try to grasp as I got older. You you're, you're following a man, okay, who tells you that. The same entity you pray to only told him that he's good enough to be up here to tell you what to do, and you follow him. Mm. If that's not insane, because it doesn't make sense to me. If a man on the street can't come up to me and tell me that somebody told him that he should to, to counsel me, and I don't believe it, you know what I'm saying, then why should I do that for a preacher? You know what I'm saying? If that was the case, Absolutely. God, had touched, God had touched him like that, if it is God like that, then he's going to tell me. And he gonna tell everybody else that's around me, where that's how they get that's not. You know what I'm saying? But most of the time they come and tell you. And then they have their little agenda. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they, they, I don't know. It's just the way every set up, they get people all hyped up. They say, hey, man, go ahead and read your pocket. Try to say you some bullshit like, well, we're going to take care of the light. You know what I'm saying? They got those people need to be charged for taxes because, like you seeing them, man, he built. Man, I know y'all heard about the Pope with the twenty with the twenty million dollar bathtub or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? And, 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 I, and he got suspended and all of that. You know what I'm saying? So, this, you know what I mean, it's going on in all it's going on in all phases of that religion. Like my man said, it, it prey on people's insecurity. And what's so sure. sad is it's, it's a whole mm-hmm. lot of black people that real insecure. I mean, I think it's be, and they and they, and they, and they, and, and they looking bit. for something. Yeah, I think it's a little bit bigger than that. Like, I, I agree with you. It totally is a strategy to prey on people's insecurities. It's very similar to, you know, like the, I call them these shifty, uh motivational speakers who, you know, charge out the ass and they just make you feel good for like 30 seconds and then they send you out the door. It's very no, similar yeah. to that, except, except, except church, preachers don't have to pay taxes. But um, I, what, I do say it's bigger than just... Uh, what you were saying, because it also includes the factor that we have been taught when it comes to everything we should think, but when it comes to religion or anything religious related or our faith, it should not be questioned. And we have to shut down yeah. our thinking when it comes to that. Yeah. So not only are they preying on insecurities, but they're preying on the fact that they know people have shut down their critical thinking in this area. So it's mm-hmm. easy to target that area. It's easy to Absolutely. say, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, don't question me. I'm the I'm the man of God. You don't question the man of God because people are already in their right. minds and say, okay, when it comes to faith, I have to shut down my thinking and trust and trust this imaginary being that doesn't actually exist. And so I think that's where the real because I think so many people who are pastors are actually atheists. Like I really believe that. 
I really believe some of them know what they're doing, and it's not an accident. Um, yeah, so that's my take on that. I don't think anybody else told oh, no, no yeah, other colleagues. There's a documentary, man, that I saw that, that tripped me out about that it came out and told everything. It's called Mary Doing Me. It's about this little boy. He, was, he started preaching when he was a little boy. And he told the whole story about how it scammed, how, how they were able to scam people. You know what I'm saying? And how oh, he Marjo. had to trust and go over everything. Yeah. Marjo, so, so, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and when I seen that, man, I was like, you know what, man? That looked like oh, every other preacher I've been to. Because if y'all can hear it in my voice, man, I'm, I've been in the South, man. And church down there is like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> It's, 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 it's crazy down there. Like, man, me and my, I used to go, and I went to this church, man, this guy named Reverend Walker, man. This motherfucker had a helicopter. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Uh, that's horrible. That's horrible, man. He got, you know, so he got a helicopter pad on the top of his churches, man. So when he get done at one church, he go to his satellite church from the helicopter. He come out the, he come out the pool pit, my nigga. He got, like, 50 bodyguards around him. Like, he a rock star, like 50 or something. I'm looking at this and I'm looking at my mom like for real, for real. First of all, in the church and it looked like a damn stadium. I'm like, man, what's going on? Oh my man? goodness! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I got so far up in the back. The man looked like an ant in the front. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know what the nigga look like. I can't even see. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of how you know when famous stars or celebrities they make a lot of money, and I feel like like they're not entitled to do anything for anybody else. And I feel like a theist will probably bring up that same argument. And I was just the whole time while I was thinking this, I was just saying like, how do I rebuttal that? And the way that you rebuttal that is the fact that if you're if you're a man that's a man of God, even in the Bible it says that no man gets, like, rich people don't get into heaven or whatever, or you shouldn't be of worldly things. And for somebody to spend 300 stacks on a damn crib, it just makes me think like what everybody else was saying. What else is he actually doing besides just spending a lot of money? And where is that money actually coming from? And, yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, he does, he does all those people that he's getting this money from something. You know, you just just preaching the Bible every Sunday is not enough. Like, show your work too. Yeah, I would say like the, the difference between an artist and a preacher is that if you are contributing to that artist's income, you are getting something back immediately for it. You're getting right, a right, or you know, and they pay taxes. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's my point. That's 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 my point. Like he does owe his church members something. You know what I'm saying? Because just preaching the word every day and they're poor and you spend three hundred sacks on a crib, 
and they still live in the hood, like, what does that look like? Right, but that's part of the con. Like, what are you doing for the community? How are you having to build up? Right. I, I, I want to get into the uh, the next story because it actually bleeds right into this conversation. It's about uh, Dietrich. You guys heard of the, the show Preachers of L.A., right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Dietrich Haddon, who's one of the pastors on the show, he's kind of surprised that T.D. Jakes doesn't like the show. And I'm actually, I won't lie, I'm actually surprised T.D. Jakes doesn't like it either, but, <laughs> but for a different reason, I'm sure. <laughs> but anyway, he ain't on it. He don't. He Jake don't like it because he ain't eating off it. That's it. That's all. He ain't on it. He ain't on it with his butt. <laughs> he ain't on it. That's why he's mad. That's why he's mad. They didn't call him. So. <laughs> well, Dietrich had made it clear that he doesn't want to take a fight with T.D. Jakes, but the two may have to agree to disagree when it comes to Futures of L.A. Quote, I was a bit taken aback and shocked when I saw his view on the show, seeing that he's a forefather in unorthodox, that's what we're calling it, unorthodox conventional methods of sharing the gospel. No, I ain't that some shit. <laughs> He's a preacher star, Dietrich Haddon. Who meant, uh, so anyway, he, he, he's surprised because I guess T.D. Jakes in a recent sermon refers to refer to the show, which is on Oxygen, that features Dietrich, Pat Clarence McClendon, Noel Jones, Jay Hazlitt, Ron Gibson, and Wayne Cheney as, quote, junk. Leaders of the church have come into criticism for their somewhat extravagant lifestyles, but T.D. clarified that his congregants' tithes and offerings don't wind up in his pocket. Quote, not one dime of what you're sewing right now will buy my suit, Kitty Jake preached. I had money when I came to Dallas, and I plan to have something when I leave. I don't need your offering. So Dietrich admitted he was surprised by T.D.'s comments. He said he respects the, the bishop's point of view. Now, I'm sorry. I think T.D. Jake is full of shit, and I think Dietrich Haddon is full of shit. I think the show is a great way to display how these preachers are full of shit. What is? Uh-huh. I'll go to the panel first. Let me go to the panel first. Let me get to Marissa, and then I'll go to Bruce. Marissa, I just, I, it, it boggles my mind because it, it really, it really demonstrates willful ignorance. When you have people that you know are struggling to keep their light bills on, that are you know looking to the state for uh, food stamps or SNAPs, as it's called now, and then consistently, blindly following preachers who are rolling up and you know, custom tailored suits and Mercedes pins. It's like at some point we have to take the blame off that preacher and put the blame onto that congregation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I want to go ahead and get Bruce's comments, then I'm going to share mine, and then we'll go to the rest of everyone else. Go ahead, Bruce. It's just funny to me because, I mean, you know, I spend a lot of my time dealing with hip-hop. And it's like seeing these two guys go at it. It's like Jay Z and Nas or something. And this guy is like, he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, look, you know, I don't, I don't buy my suits with these people's money. I had money when I came in this. And it's like, it just sounds like the rapper thing. Like, I'm not a rapper. I'm a hustler, and I've been had money, you know. But it's like, really, we know, we know where this money is coming from. Like, oh, I've been had money. I've been. Been in money since '88. Like, no, you're not. Like, you know, clearly this money. Wait, did you just use? Wait, 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 Bruce, did you just use a Jay Z line? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what T D Jakes told him. 
That's what he said. He said, I've been telling him. That's what he said. He said, I've been, I, I've been had money. Like, you know, like, I, I, this isn't new to me. You know, like, and it's like, watching these guys, and they're, like, going back and forth flexing, and it's like, really, these are supposed to be the religious leaders. And, and, and I agree with something that you said earlier. You said that you believe these guys have to be atheists, because, I mean, if you truly believe that stuff, how you couldn't do that. be that person? Exactly. You know, yeah. if you truly yeah. believe that, you know what I'm saying? How could you yeah. be that person? You know, so these, these people, it's just, it's, it's manipulation. And, and to go on what we said earlier about, you know, us blaming the congregation, you know, I mean, that's partially true, but I just, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's hard for me to blame them when they're using that religion against these people. And, and sure, these people should be wiser because these same people, like somebody else brought up, comparing the pastors to uh, self self-help. Uh, talkers, uh-huh. speakers. Uh-huh. No, these same people aren't throwing money at them. They're only throwing their money at these pastors. It, it's it, it's a, it's a dirty game to me. Just seeing these so guys awesome. making all that money, manipulating these people, using religion against them. I, I agree with that, and that's. I kind of wanted to touch on uh, something Marissa said about holding the congregation accountable. That's very difficult to do. I, I think that's even harder to do, and. And I always talk about this, and I've talked about this before in um, previous shows, about the mindset of people who sit in a lot of these pews. I agree if we're talking about people who, are, who think critically when it comes to faith and are okay with questioning. But there's a lot of fear. And many of us who have come out of religion, especially if those of us who come out of really strict religious situations, you understand that fear that I'm talking about. So when you sit in these pews, some of these people are actually really afraid that if they're not in that specific church under that specific pastor that they are not obeying God, and if they don't get their mo- give their money, they will not be blessed. That's a very legitimate fear for people who have been taught to shut down their critical thinking and taught that if they question it, they're going to, you know, ruin their entire lives. So I, I, have, so I think it's a little bit difficult to hold people accountable when they really don't know. I mean, that's a whole other mindset that I think a lot of people who, a lot of people, I think, forget about or they don't understand. So I just wanted and, to address that. And and I wanted to continue on that same point. I think, you know, the whole situation is mental conditioning. A lot of these people, you know, they get the religion from their parents. So it's like those are like when you're born and, and you're being raised up, that's the person you trust more than anybody. And your parent is telling you, like, you know, follow God. You know, the, the pastor's a great man, this and this and that. So it's like it's it's stuck in the people at a young age. So, like, it's hard for them to understand, like, hey, you know, what's really going on here? Because they got that from their parents, you know. So they may not right. trust the pastor or the preacher at first, but the preacher and the pastor is introduced to the person through the parent. And that right hmm. there, once the parent brings the preacher or the pastor to the child, you know, and they bring God to the child, it's like, yo, this has to be legit because my parents wouldn't tell me this. If it wasn't, right, and it's and it's, and it's mental conditioning, and it spreads through the whole family. You know, you got like the grandma. A lot of times, the grandma. You know, uh, a lot of us, you know, our grandmas, and they play a, a large role in our family. And the grandma has the religion, and she spreads the religion to the parents and the aunts and stuff. So when you're not around your parents, you're around your aunts, and they have the religion, and they're all bringing it to you. So you're like, yo, this has to, like all of my family is telling me this. Right. You know, so so it's hard to blame the congregation because they've been conditioned since an early age 
yes. you know, that that's what it was. And, and it wasn't just from the preacher and the pastor. It was the preacher and the pastor through the parents and the grandparents. I, so, I, and I, I can totally understand that and understand the level of brainwashing that takes place at a very early age. But on the same hand, I mean, there are direct contradictions in what's being read in that book and what's being demonstrated. You you have been taught to shut down your critical thinking. You have been taught, let me tell you something, I've shared this before on the show. I came from a very strict, very um, extreme religious situation. And... I'm telling you, the only reason why I made it out of that situation is because I, I stopped going to church altogether. And that was how I came out of it. And that's what led me into questioning. I, was, I didn't question. As long as I was sitting there, I couldn't question. The only reason I stopped sitting in those pews is I really got busy with school. I went to college, going to college and working for a job. So it was very difficult for me to be in church six, five, six days a week like I was before growing up, literally five to six days a week for every program, every service. And once I left that situation, then I was able to think clearly. But you have to keep in mind, people are, the longer they sit in these pews, the longer they think if I don't go, I'm going to die and go to hell, the more people are going to keep going, more people are going to keep giving their money. And they've already shut down the critical thinking. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it takes outside situations for people to finally get out of it. Not everybody has access to those situations, especially if you're in certain communities or if you live in, or if you live in certain communities or if you have a certain type of household, it's difficult to get any other information uh, outside of what you're given at church. I, wondering, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying people can't be held accountable in any type of way. They definitely should be. But I, I really think it's important that on some level we have a little bit of sympathy or even empathy for the people who sit in these pews. And you know what? I kind of do. I really do. But the, the the thing that really, you know, I don't know, confuses me about a lot of this stuff is that unless these people have lived in a cave their entire life and never watched any media, they, they I mean, it seems to me they would know, look, this we've seen this before. We've seen the, the preacher get get jammed up and come on TV and talk about, I have sinned. We've seen it. Like, this This is a rerun. And it keeps, it's a bad rerun. <laughs> He's playing over and over again. And it's like, if, I mean, I come from a religious background, too. You know, and it's like, I saw Jimmy, I'm old enough to have seen Jimmy Swaggin get on TV and with that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like so, right. people, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, they've seen this before. How come they can't pick up on the parallels of what their preacher's doing and what these guys did. Well, see, I mean, people do that with, right. with, with even, like, their favorite athletes. And that has nothing to do with spirituality. Like, when, I mean, Kobe Bryant basically raped a woman in a hotel room, uh, and people still love him. And he is not a preacher. Uh, it has nothing to do with anything spiritual. Uh, and people still rock, still rock for that dude. So, I mean. That's true. That's you know, true. Take, 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 take it to that high spiritual level. And I mean, that just locks it in, really. Um, I, w- I want to go ahead and get into our main topic in a second. Um, I actually have a new story that's going to kind of lead us right into that. So I posted it in the chat room. I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, you guys remember Ja Rule? Yes, <laughs> I believe so, yeah. yeah. It was a little silence yeah. there. Y'all had to remember, you had to kind of go back a little ways, huh? Well, all of you guys have heard, he's, you know, he's doing movies now. He has a film coming out called um, Church Girl. I'm in love with the church girl. 
I'll tell you another story. I told the police in the chat room. Please shoot me. Please shoot me now. I posted the link in the chat room. You guys cannot make me laugh while I do the news. You guys can be serious. <laughs> serious stuff. And you guys make like, me laugh. Like you're holla, holla, like. Is the movie directed by Tyler Perry? Is it a Tyler Perry no, movie? No, I don't know. It's Tyler Perry. It's not Tyler Perry. It's actually, it's not even, put this way, it's not even on the level of Tyler Perry. Like, that's how low level this is. Um, wow. It's pretty low. Wow. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. There's more news. There's more news. So let me go ahead and read the story I posted in the chat room. Uh, breaking news, hip-hop veteran Ja Rule has given his life to Jesus. The raspy-sounding rapper has been all over the country promoting his new movie, I'm in Love with the Church Girl. Ja Rule confessed in an, a recent interview with the New York Daily News that he just found Christ as a result of being involved with the film. He says, quote, I actually just got saved. In Church Girl, which features Ja Rule starring opposite Adrian Bailon, the, the, if you guys remember her, she's from Cheetah Girls, uh, the 37-year-old rapper played the character of Miles Montego, <laughs> a retired criminal. Hold on, this is the premise of the story. He plays a retired criminal trying to make good with God at the encouragement of his girlfriend, Vanessa Leon. When I quote, this is his quote, okay? When I read the script, I saw the similarities between myself and Miles, and I really felt that this might be a good vehicle for me, he explained. The New York-bred rap star, who is working on his own salvation after serving a prison sentence for attempted illegal gun possession and tax evasion, hopes the film reaches a crowd outside of the church. The beauty, that's the beauty of the movie. We're going to touch people who do not come from a church background, and it brings a certain level of cool to it, because we all know John uh, is cool. This one may be a, a decade in change ago. So, so wait a minute, Rita. I'm confused. I'm, conf- I'm confused. Is, is this a comedy? <laughs> no? Huh? I don't, I don't like that. That's his old sound funny at all. It's on the no, it's not a comedy. As long as it's not a musical, I'll be fine. Oh, you know it's a musical. Oh, 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 it's a musical. You know they singing in there. Come on, it's church. <laughs> they got us. They, they got Adrian Bylon. It's church, and they got Adrian Bylon, who is a singer. Um, so yeah. I'm sure there's lots of singing. I'm surprised she's even still around. I mean, after the whole 3LW and Cheetah Girls and all of that, I figured right. she was done. But she's it, not around. I mean, she, she, That's why she's doing she that. She made enough money. So I, I'm sure she's so wait a she minute, made so, enough so, money, so I'm sure she's fine. But, huh? But so if it's going to be a musical, if it's going to be a musical, you know John Rue's going to be in there. What would I do without you singing to Jesus? Is that, is that what you want to do at the end? Yeah. 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 He has assured everyone that he's not, he doesn't want people to be confused. He's not going to put out a gospel album, okay? So don't worry. Honestly, I'd rather him put out a gospel album than another rap album. But I agree. <laughs> <laughs> at least it'll be entertaining. At the very least, it'll be entertaining. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I actually wanted to use that to kind of get into our main topic of the show, which is increased media presence of black atheism, um, a black atheist in the arts, in entertainment, in media, 
is there a need for increased visibility? I think with, we have films like, you know, Church Girl coming out, and we have all these gospel plays and Tyler Perry and T.D. Jake's mm. Woman Thou Art Loose and whatever other films that come out. <laughs> I personally think I personally think we need to, you know, kind of counter some of these hyper-religious stereotypes of our people in our community. But, you know, you guys might think a little bit differently. And also I want to know, could increased visibility help fellow black free thinkers who feel marginalized and feel more included in a community of those who have similar beliefs? That's what we're about to talk about now. I want to make sure everyone who's listening, if you guys want to get in on the call, you have to call in uh, 310-982-4273. You must press 1. If you don't press 1, I will assume you are not interested in talking, but you just want to listen. And either way, that is fine. Also, our chat room is open. If you guys, I'm still getting messages people on Facebook saying that they cannot see the chat room. If you cannot see the chat room, I'm sorry, but try to refresh. Maybe you'll get in there. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, that's why I was talking to me. Um, at any rate, uh, the conversation is now open. So the reason why I wanted to do this topic is because I was thinking, I've actually talked to um, my homegirl, Nicole, another shout-out to her. Um, I want to talk about this because I've talked to her a million times about how talented she is and a lot of other people that I've met um, in the Black Atheist Circle, how talented they are in so many different areas, and that yet they're not using their art or the work from the talent that they have to uh, increase the visibility of, of secular humanists in the media. And these are people who are socially conscious, these people who are not religious, and they have a great perspective to share. Yet we're not seeing, I don't think we see enough of that. So I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. What are some, you know, first of all, let's find out first. Do you think that there is a need to have increased visibility of uh, black atheist, free thinkers, humanists in, in the media and, and entertainment? So Absolutely. I'll start off with uh, Bruce first, and then I'll go to Marissa, and then I'll go to Seagat. Bruce? Yeah, I I think definitely. I think you know I'm I think all groups need to be represented because the thing is when you have people and they're coming up, if they don't see their beliefs and their thoughts represented, they feel like they can't express themselves because you know and, and it goes across the board for any kind of group. You know, with uh, the gay and lesbian uh, movement, for example, you know if they don't have you know people in the mainstream media in front of everybody who represent them, they feel like they have to keep that to themselves, and now they're starting to have that. But I think, um, you know, atheists, especially with African Americans, we don't have those people being represented, at least not in that form, as atheists. And I think part of that, it goes back to the fact that, you know, uh, Christianity is, you know, the popular religion of the nation and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times these businesses that are, you know, marketing these things, they they don't want to push that because they're like, hey, you know, we're going to lose buyers because as soon right. as you bring that out, then those people right. are alienated and they you, they lose a big part of their market, you know. And right. it's like you look at like, uh, we look at like the black church, and, um, you know, I, I, I remember when they started the movement of this whole, you know, Illuminati devil worshiper thing to try to attack <laughs> celebrities because mm-hmm. they, they were trying to combat celebrities for attention of the youth. So exactly. in order to get that attention, they started saying, hey, you know, Snoop Dogg, he's a devil worshiper. Jay-Z is a devil right. worshiper. All these guys right. are devil worshippers. So it's like, you know, from a corporation standpoint, when they have um, – you know, a celebrity or something. If they don't have, if they're not, you know, Christian, they don't want to push religion or anything related to it at all. They try to hush it. 
Now, I think within, you know, with white people, they have, they're starting to have this, uh, you know, I, I'll call it a counterculture because we're saying Christianity is the big movement here in this nation. They have a counterculture of atheism, you know, that's grown up with a lot of these young people who support it. And I think with African Americans, with us, you know, uh, in the opposite end of Christianity, instead of atheism, a lot of time we have Islam. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's been the movement that people have taken up. But the thing is, there's a lot of us that don't follow either one. And, and you know, because, you know, corporations are afraid to push that with us, because especially with us, it's like they say, well, you know, if they're not Christian, they're not Islamic, then who is it that we're going to get to support this person? And then they have opposite examples of where Tyler Perry is extremely successful with shitty movies just because of, of religion. You know, because people will support that. Like, they completely ignore the fact that those movies are crap because, you know, they believe he's a good god fearing man and they want to support that. So I definitely feel like it's necessary because people coming up, they have to they, they have to feel comfortable in being themselves. And if they don't have that, then you have these people who start to, like, you know, uh, be fake Christians and follow Christianity to a certain extent because they feel like they have to because clearly mm-hmm. nobody else is standing up against it or saying how they right, feel. Right, so, right. Because people don't right. feel free to speak their mind. Absolutely. Right. Um, I want to go to Marissa. Marissa, you want to answer that same question? Yeah. About whether or not there needs to be increased visibility? I think there there absolutely needs to be that visibility because, you know, art is a reflection, and any type of art is a reflection of perception. And um, it was interesting, just a couple months ago, I was reading uh, a media, kind of a media white paper, that's talking about how religion is increasingly finding its presence in mainstream media, and the reason behind that is because uh, it's easy to rally around religion when you touch on people's um, sensitive points there. It's easy if you say amen to get everybody in the room to say amen with you. And so we see Mm. films like Eat, Pray, Love or, you know, Life of Pi and things that may not necessarily Uh say God, God, God in in your face, but definitely Crayon, P-R-E-Y, people's seeming connection to, you know, religious ties and roots. So with that said, we have a concerted effort to make sure that the other side of reality is as equally represented in that spirituality might be, you know, a big thing for some folks. There are other folks who aren't necessarily... Uh, grounded in spirituality and do more so live in the here and now and realness of dirt underneath their feet. Did you want to did you want to jump in on that? So sound like I heard I hear you uh, kind of like what I call it the double dutch move where you go yeah yeah like are you ready or no? Everybody just have great responses. I, I would I would agree with everything everybody uh, prior to me said. Uh, but I, I definitely think that, um, you know, not only um, black atheists, but everything that, a, a, every group that would be considered uh, unorthodox in the mainstream should be represented equally. Um, I mean, music is supposed to be representative of, in my opinion, humanity as a, you know, as a whole. And we're not getting, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not getting that. We're getting. Oh, a sure. very, a very small view, a very small window into what 
humanity is about, and oftentimes it's not a proper representation of that. Oh, I mean, yeah. we, we have homosexuals, we have black atheists, we have white atheists, we have Hare Krishnas. Let everybody get a chance to say what they got to say and, and, and uh, let it be, let this story be told through the music. You know what I'm saying? We don't, right. we just don't have that fair balance in music or any any media really. You know what I'm right. saying? It's it's extremely one sided. And, and 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 this is you know the world is a, is is circular. The globe. It's not So what do you what do you line. guys say to people what do you guys say to people who say things like I know I've heard this and I'm sure you guys have heard this. Why do you have to talk about your atheism? I mean let us have our belief and you guys just want to flaunt it and you well, know push it on no, everybody. I got a great response for that. I always have a great response for that. What's your this, response this for that? This is exactly why. Um the reason why Usually. I do it is because you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like if right. you keep yours to yourself, I'll keep mine to myself. <laughs> right. Right. And it's just that simple. You know, because I don't feel like I have to go knock on people's doors as, as an atheist and give them Charles Darwin's book or Because <laughs> I feel like I'm not an asshole, so I don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what people believe. But if you publicize it, be ready for that shit to be criticized, you know. And if, yeah. you're, not, and if you're not down with that, then don't, don't speak about it. It's, to it's me just it's that like, simple. So if they speak about it, I feel like we have a right to speak. To me, it's like if you go lock a motherfucker in the cellar expecting to bang on the door, you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right, right. But as simple right. as that. It's as simple as that. We, we, we've been stifled for, for how long now? Why can't we? And then when we want to say something, it's a problem? Or, okay. I know the other yeah, thing, the like, other thing is it's up, a you know, lie. Re- it's a lie. It's, a, it's all a lie because they'll say, they'll try to position themselves as if we don't talk about y'all. Have you read their Bible? Well, have you re- have you went to their churches and hear what they say about us non-believers? I mean, it, it, it's typically we are to be tortured for eternity. So don't tell me after crazy. we started talking back, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that we don't mess now with y'all. Yes, you do. I think I think the thing is, and the, big, and the biggest thing is, what? I'm out there. I ain't gonna go ahead. Okay. Uh, okay. The biggest thing is that. The, another reason why I think that atheists need to be more prevalent in the media, especially black atheists, because we need to stop letting theists frame the narrative for what an atheist Absolutely. is. And Absolutely. And on top of that, we need to, other black atheists need to start supporting other black atheist art or atheist art in general or, or atheist whatever. Like, we all have to come together and do this shit for one another because I feel like too many atheists are too, they don't care. They don't care enough to want to do anything about it. They don't care enough to speak up. They don't care enough to support other people. And that's what keeps us not being heard and not being seen. And I I think that you made a point, I think it was you just made a point about, you know, not letting the uh, religious community set the narrative on what an atheist is or a humanist is. Right. And I I mean, so, I mean, I don't think Steve Harvey getting on Larry King is, you know, the proper, well, I'll put it this way. I think that him being on Larry King gives people the idea, oh, yeah, atheists, that's a good question. Where do atheists get their moral grounding? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and I, Mm -hmm. which is always, something that always trips me out when people say things like that, because I always say, you know, it's funny, the same people who say that read the Bible, 
And then they'll say that they would follow it. Like, you would really follow most of the things in the Bible? Like, really? You get your morals from the Bible? The same Bible that, that book. says if you... From that book. The same Bible right. that says that if a woman is raped, she must marry her rapist? That same Bible. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that same book. So, you know, the, the same book that tells you, you know, it's okay to beat your slave as long as you don't kill him. That same Bible. That's where you get your morals from. But yet, <laughs> so, so people, you know... They, people who are not uh, atheists or do, at least don't even have a non-religious perspective, they, that's kind of how they see things. They really believe that atheists do not have any type of morality. In fact, it's evident in well, it was a TV show on TV One. I can't think of the uh-huh. name of the TV show. But it was uh-huh. a black family, and the old, there was only one atheist character, and they kind of marginalized him in the show. Yes, they <laughs> did. Yes, they did. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that was horrible. And it was, and it was, it was already an awful show. Um, just uh, just off of it being badly written, badly directed, badly acted, everything. But then they do this other part of the storyline where they're like, well, let's let's include an atheist into this, which is really interesting. And it goes to also show you that when it comes to black audiences, they already know just the mere presence of an atheist is quote-unquote controversial for them. So yep, just yep, that mere yep. fact that they had a writer character to make and him being atheist, that alone made him controversial. That says a lot mm-hmm. about how they view the black audience as well, right? All right. So, you know, All right. All right. Yeah, so I, I, I wonder how, um, and now I'm going, to ask, I'm going to throw this to you guys, you know, what are ways that we can actually, what are some ways that we can actually counter that? I mean, I, I, do we need to be in more, do we need more secular humanist filmmakers, playwrights? We need more music artists like Seagas and those who are part of the Grand Unified Family. Um, what are some, I mean, is there a strategic way to make this happen? I mean, all of them in this line are part of uh, a larger group. That, you know, like I'm in BSLA. I, I think it. I mean, go ahead. I think I think everything that you just suggested is a great suggestion. Like, we need to be more vocal, and the fact that some well, I'm not gonna say a lot of people because I don't have the demographics for it, but I feel most people they don't care to want to talk about it or be open about it, and that's the problem. That's what sets us up to let the opposition frame the narrative for us, because a lot of even before I knew what atheist was, I didn't know what atheist was until I actually looked it up and what I heard mm. from other people until I actually looked it up and I found out, like, yo, all it means is you don't believe in God. Everything else, it's up to you because, you know, you could be an atheist and be an asshole and be an atheist and be a good person. But I'm going to write right. that narrative for myself of what an atheist is to other people so they don't pump me up with other people who are assholes that associate, that associate themselves with being an atheist. Because I don't think that's fair. Because that gives—I feel—that gives these ammunition to say, "Well, Stalin did this. He was an atheist, and you should believe what Stalin believed." You know what I'm saying? Like, no, we we need to be more vocal about it. That's I think basically everything. But as far as, far as tactics, do that. As far as tactics, though, um, I don't know. I think as far as tactics, it's definitely. I've, I've always thought that we should be more into multimedia because most of the messages that are broadcasted on a daily basis into the minds of these of these of the zombies right comes from multimedia you know what i mean so that that's why to me it's it's very important that you have artists like me and see gas and adequate and uh, double members of gu and writers and 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 and, and actors and all these directors and stuff like that to do stuff that that frames us into a more realistic light you know because as long as like adequate said as long as we allow them to frame the narrative that's going to be what the narrative is, is if we don't respond. If we don't respond, if we don't, 
you know, they're going to say, oh, it must be the truth because they didn't say it. They didn't, nobody, there was no pushback. You know? I, I, think, so, I, I, I think it's a two-way, I think it's a two-way thing. Basically, one, there has to be uh, the expression. You know, atheists have to stand up and, and we have to say who we are and how we feel and, you know, just tell our own stories because you have another side that's telling the story of who we are mm-hmm. and that's based on mm-hmm. their beliefs and things of that nature. Now, at the same time, within that expression, I think that the expression has to be an expression of our lives, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an attack of the other group because I think right. with that, what happens is when you have these religious people and they see an atheist and an atheist is like, hey, I'm an atheist, I know it's right, you're stupid. They say, then they look at us and they say, well, damn, that's why I don't follow them. And that's the same, that's, my, that's been my experience with religion. As I sit and I watch these religious people and I watch them judge, I say, no, nah, I can't be down with that. Because clearly, you know, I, that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, right. so well, it's you like don't want to put people on the defensive, right? I mean, that's how I look yeah, at yeah. it. You don't want to put people yeah, exactly. on the defensive. Exactly. Once they get so on the defensive, like, they're not open to listen. Exactly. So it's like it has to be expression and, and you know, just of your of our lives. And it's like to respond to what was said earlier about the response to why we have to flaunt it, it's just our life. Like, you know, I, we can't act like, like religion doesn't exist and these people don't follow religions, but mm-hmm. we don't. But we don't mm-hmm. on a daily basis. We don't. And we still have to deal with it. And dealing with it is being an atheist. Now, mm-hmm. the other side of that is, you know, people have to speak with their wallets. Because the thing is, yeah. you know, these these corporations these corporations don't care about religion or atheism or no, they, they care don't. about money. They care about right. money. And and, it, and if you right. say but like, look, you know, I'm willing to back this guy who's an atheist because you know I relate to that. They'll say, you know what? We need more atheists. You know, we need more atheist rappers. We need more atheist movies. We need more. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll back it. You know, they like they've shown. With the support of Tyler Perry, and he's shitty. It's terrible. But they'll they'll right. like that because hey, look, it's gonna generate some money. So it's like you know, consumers have to back that stuff. And I think the thing is with religion, you know, they're told to spread the word of God. They're told to you know yeah. support God fearing people. And with atheism, yeah. with atheism, I feel like there is no like book to tell people, hey, you know, support atheism. So I think a lot of times, you know, we don't support because it's like, I don't have to. It's not a religion. But I think but I think we do have to support just to share that narrative and get that narrative out there. Um, right on point, which is part of the precarious position that we're in, is that religion has a mission and a purpose to spread its word. Whereas atheism doesn't have a need to spread any word. So at this right. point, we're sort of in a corner where we're now forced to sort of defend ourselves and our stances, and that's forcing us to come to the surface. The tactics are are simply said, but difficultly executed, because not everybody, and particularly so people who are more of a mindset to mind their own business and live their own lives, are not necessarily wanting, you know, to step up and fight a fight. So, but the reality is, as, as Landon or, or Toon stated earlier, is that we have to become more visible. We have to make information available. We have to show uh-huh. the true definition of atheism, which isn't the religion. It isn't a congregation. There is no right. dogma attached to it. It's just a simple lack of belief. It's just an existence of nothing. 
So, you know, and even beyond just black atheism, I mean, for me, it's, real, it's, it's important that as black atheists that we have a black secular humanist perspective on our work as well. I think that social justice aspect is extremely important as well. I mean, we, we don't want to ignore that uh, there are social, in, uh, social injustices that take place in our community on a daily basis. And we, that right. should also be included because I, I think also, let's keep in mind, a lot of especially older people tie social justice to their church. I mean, the exactly. civil rights movement, a lot of organizations took place in churches. So you mm-hmm. have some people who really still have that tie to the church for that reason. So they, they look at the community service work that they do through the church, the fact that the church has an ex-offenders program or they feed the homeless. So it's also important that we take on the perspective of, yeah, we want to talk about social justice from a non-religious perspective. We're not going to pray for the government shutdown. We're not going to pray for you know, for for things that, you know, for because we want to pray for justice. What, what, what happened to the guy who got, remember they were praying outside of the uh, the prison? When they got, and what's his name? I can't remember the man's name. He was being um, executed. And they were praying. Tukey? No, Troy Davis. Troy Davis. Troy Davis. Troy Davis. And the mm-hmm. people were outside <laughs> preaching and praying, and then they actually got misinformation thinking that they that he wasn't going to get executed or it was, you know, the time was going to be longer before he got executed, and they thought their prayers worked, and then they found out oh, that, no, good. he was still getting executed at the exact same time. So, so what and I'm no light came on. No light came on. No, no light came on, of course <laughs> no, not. You know. No light came on. Uh, can, can, I, can, I, can, I ask, can I ask something, too? I mean, I've just been listening to y'all. I, I haven't really been saying anything, but uh, I think, too, what might help. People knew black people who so who so entwined with the church. If they knew like the real history of uh, of their religion, I think that'll make a lot of people bag away too. Uh, a lot of times, all you get to hear is the fluffy sweet parts about it. True. The, the thing that tickles your ear to make you feel good, to make you to make you fancy sin. But if you if if you were if it took the time to explain the harsh realities of how. My, my religion got to the top, you know, the top. Then I think a lot of people would bag away from it then too. Yeah, uh, actually, 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 I want I want to disagree with that because I think that the thing is, when you try to approach it in that way, they're already mm-hmm. prepared for that. They've been told you were going to come and tell them that. So yeah. when you come yeah. and tell them that, they're going to shut you down right off top because yeah. It, yeah. it's all they've already it, been told that people are going to come see. and try to tell them all sorts of stuff right. and regardless of whether it's true or not regardless of whether it's true or not they've been told that you're going to come it's coming from a leader not right. coming from me I, but, but that's what i'm suggesting it's, it's exactly you know, why from that man that they get up there and listen to the one that they the one that they look up to if he can get but, but he's not going to he's not going to tell them the truth because that's where his money comes from it's even bigger than that, because that's why we see now... Well, he should go to his hell then. He should be uh, on his way to hell then, because he's well, lying. Let, let Marissa go ahead. Go ahead, Marissa. It's, it's even bigger than that now, and, it, and it's clearly demonstrated in the media when you have a, a news outlet. And when you say news, people are under the assumption that, that they're getting facts and reports mm-hmm. things that are happening mm-hmm. right now under their mm-hmm. noses. So when you have a huge media conglomerate like Fox News dedicating a quarter of their broadcast to the war on Christmas or the uh-huh. war on Christianity, which is absolutely false, absolutely false, then that, that 
argument for teaching about the real history of those religions um, is met with. But I, I think, I want to say it was Bruce and Vita really, really touched on it, and the approach has to be a non-invasive approach. It cannot be an attack on the belief. It has to be an invitation to information. Exactly. Do you, I, I, do you I guys think, think I that's think... the best? I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead and make your point, and then I'm gonna make mine. I I, th- I think the thing is, I think like shows like this and stuff need to be heard by people who follow religion. I feel like these discussions need to be had in front of them so they can see that there's different views of it, of of atheism. There's different because there's people within the church that have questions and they uh-huh. just, they can't they can't say it because they're uh-huh. within the church. And I think if they hear conversations like this, if they hear different viewpoints. They may not agree with everybody, but they may find something to where they're like, yo, I sort of relate to that. I sort of understand right. that. I sort of yeah. see where they're coming from. And then they become even more open to looking at what else is going on. And then you get people who, you know, are looking at it more from an open mind. I think that, you know, I think that that's part of the problem. I feel like a lot of this stuff in regards to atheism, you know, uh, is, is marginalized and, and put off in a corner. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, it needs to be spread around to everybody. You know, like everybody needs to see it. Not mm-hmm. not just, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to see it. Not just atheists. You know, Christians need to see it. Muslims need to see right. it. And, and, right. and, some people, and some people will, you know, they'll write it off and stuff. But some people within those groups will start to look at it and start to really think. But I think the best way to get people to really think, it, it, like, like we said, it has to be non-invasive. It can't be... They can't feel like they're being attacked because you know, they've ar- they've already been told that that's going to come, and then when you come with that, then they're like, oh, that's just you know a saintness, or that's well, just a devil worshiper, or that's just yep. an evil that's trying to get in. Uh, just reinforces what I, they thought of you. Exactly. I kind of want to um, shift gears a little bit, uh, not really, but sort of. I don't. I mean, don't you think? At least I'm quite sure that there are definitely black atheists that are already in the entertainment industry. Why do you oh, think yeah. they haven't come out and, and or some, some have been more vocal, they have. and then some mm-hmm. are and some have not, you know, some have been mm-hmm. sort of skating around it and not being as vocal about it, or maybe they were vocal about it at one point, but you never hear them say it again. Um, I, I th- I do you think, think we should rely you know, on those that are already in the industry, or should we start something grassroots? That's my question. Nope. I, I think people should support <laughs> the people who are open about it. I I just think that you know, right. like like we said earlier. Like, you know, atheism, there's no book to atheism that says, hey, spread atheism. So a lot of atheists are like, yeah, I'm atheist. It is what it is. And at the same time, some atheists don't want to come out because they don't want to lose audiences or, you know, access to certain groups. So I think what has to happen is the people who are vocal about it, people need to get behind them. I think, you know, I was about to say that. Yeah, exactly. You look at people like, you know, you look at like white people, for example, you look at Bill Maher. And you look at how right. outspoken he is about atheism, and people stand behind him because of that. That's right. And they back That's him right. because of that. The oh, same man, way people back religious figures because of their religion. People back Bill Maher because he's atheist. They may not even agree with him all the time, but just the fact that he's atheist and he stands up behind that, people back him. So I think That's that, right. you know, mm-hmm. we need to back people who are openly atheist, you know, with, with, within our with group. And we need to stand uh-huh. behind that. Right. Uh-huh. And, and I think to Vita's point in topic, what Bill Maher does brilliantly is he uses his skill and his talent of humor 
to put right. the opinion out there. Right. 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 And that's right. and that's what I wanted to talk about as well. So different ways in which we do this. Like you know, you like we have like Seagas, he's a music C and Tombstone, they're music artists, you know, and I know uh, I was hoping em, um Emily would be able to come on today. She's a writer. Um, I do radio and media, but you know, do we need more we I know what's his name, Hannibal Barres, he has talked extensively many times about not being religious. He didn't, I haven't heard him say the word atheist, but I have heard him right. basically say uh, uh, Jesus doesn't exist and that he doesn't want to be prayed for. Um, so so there are people who exist, you know, in, the different, in different mediums, but are there other areas that we, we can probably increase our presence? Like we talked about black filmmakers, but what about also, you know, we have a, there are a lot of gospel plays. What about like a, a, a comedy troupe? That talks about social issues in a but in a funny way, and also talks about you know uh, atheism. I mean, how do we get something like that going? I, I don't uh, have first. I think now, you, so. you you need to start with the writers first, because I mean, not to disparage what, what actors do, but they're muppet heads. You <laughs> stick you stick words in their mouth, and they and they make it convincing. You got to go to the root. The root are the writers, people that are writing these scripts. You know what I mean? And, and, and the atheist writers that want to make these scripts and have this social commentary in it, we got to get behind them. Like when they want to, you see an atheist filmmaker that's doing something that might not be overtly atheist, but it has the theme in there, and they looking for funding, pony up. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, everybody, I, I put their pocket in and get them out there. So it boils down to support that. with money. Yeah, I definitely right. agree with that. I, I think that, like could. you said, the writers, they create these stories. Uh, an actor will take any role. Like an actor will take, right. you know, a religious role. They'll take an atheist role. Whatever they need a they need a right. role. To take. Yeah. But the writers will mm-hmm. create multiple stories, and normally, you know, they sort of have their views in those stories. So I definitely oh absolutely. Well, and look, and let's let's be real. And I'm going to say as a writer, and 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 then I'm going to speak generally as any type of person that's that's you know taking a skill or a craft and putting it for you know, in front of public scrutiny and is relying on a check from that. More than just supporting that writer or that artist, I think we have to support those projects because there comes a Uh time where all of us have to take on something that we don't necessarily believe under our roof, but is going to be something that's going to keep the roof over our heads. Right, right, right. You're going to have actors and writers writing things that aren't necessarily representative of their personal views, but when we see those projects and those efforts sort of bubbling underneath the surface, that's what we need to get behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. Can, can, I, can I also say, too, you know, the same way an independent artist starts off within uh, maybe a 10 or 15 mile radius from his home base and he keeps spreading out that way, I mean, maybe you can do it that way on a smaller scale uh, where somebody like maybe me or you can make a difference in, in, in uh, and, and be hand in hand with that. Uh, you know, if you got the music, or if you got pamphlets, or which you say don't have a book, but you know, sometimes I feel like you could take the same tactics that the that the that the theaters use. Absolutely. For your well, shit, Kickstarter is a great resource right now. You know, so, right. so I mean, if you could, if you can find a way to get every, every everyday Joe involved, Kickstarter spread to his friends that way. Uh, I think on on the on the other end, you you can start coming up from the bottom too, because you know if you think about it, black people we the most religious set in the whole country. So if it's a black actor 
if he come out and say he atheist tomorrow, that you know, if, if the, the atheist in black community is so small, he might lose, you know, real big. Yeah. So I can kind of understand what he's, you know, what what y'all are saying with that. But I guess it's just gonna take one of those really, one of those really live actors that everybody loves, be brave enough because you know, white people they can do it. They can say I'm an atheist. They'll have people like, hey, I, I accept that. But if in the mm-hmm. black community you start saying you're an atheist, man, we still talk about. We still think about like voodoo and the devil going to get you because you said you're not going to You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're, still, we're still stuck in that mind frame where everybody else is moving yeah. forward. We still think like it's 1785. It's a witch in the corner. Yeah, you don't believe in God, she's going to come put a spell on you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear that grandma talk. You know, it's 2013. You know what I'm saying? I have yet to see the devil in person. I have yet to have him touch me or talk to me. And and at the I think, I think it also comes back to an in, to an individual. For example, whenever I'm interviewed and asked, what is it that I like about my job as a writer? I write TV commercials, documentaries, all that stuff. And, and what I say, what my answer consistently is, is I love the challenge. What they may not hear in my answer is that my personal challenge consists of three things. Number one, as a black woman, I have an opportunity when I'm writing a script to to paint a very colorful canvas. So where traditionally it's an all-white cast, I'm making sure that that, that is much more colorful than that. And number two, mm-hmm. I also take a, a very personal um, a very personal stance on not bringing religion into the context of what I'm writing. I'm very cognizant yeah. of that because I want. Mm-hmm. I want it to be uh, dogma-free as much as possible. And I know, as a media professional, that those subtleties have a tremendous effect on viewers and listeners. So with that much said, I would say that it it comes back to us as individuals and what we do in our daily lives and what we put out within our our profession. It doesn't have to be you know, a picket sign and an in-your-face and let's pass this bill every time. That's necessary, but we can also do very small but significant things to represent our different viewpoints. That's a very good point. And and that's something that I actually um, mentioned, uh, and I'm going to talk about a little bit in a few minutes. Um, I think I mentioned at a conference I was at, uh, uh, me, Nakomi, and Liz from Black Skeptics, we presented at Models of Pride, and that was one of the points that I had made at the end of our uh, presentation. Uh, some youth had made some points, and I wanted to make sure that they knew that, you know, being a social justice advocate or activist doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the forefront of every protest. doesn't mean you have to be up giving speeches. doesn't mean that you have to be at every council meeting hearing in your community because they're at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you have a job. You know, right. also the little things like keep, you know, keeping people informed and around you, having those conversations when you go to work. What kind of, you know, what are some what are the little things at your job that you can do to kind of, you know, uh, that, that have like a sort of bit of a social justice slant on things? And and I I always try to let people know that you don't have to be, you know, like Al Sharpton or somebody to make a difference and to raise awareness. So I think that's a really good point that you made, uh, Marissa. I don't know if someone else wanted to jump in on that. Okay, I'll take this. Okay. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say one more thing. I just want to say one more thing about what we were talking about earlier. I just think, like, at the end of the day, I just think that we all need to support one another who's actually trying to 
put us on the forefront to be heard and be seen. You know, because I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't like. You know, say so we're atheists, so I feel like atheists should support other atheists that are actually trying. That's all I'm saying at the end of the day. Because if we don't well, do that, I then say, we'll still be having this conversation years years from now. I agree, and I don't, but I, I want to take it a little bit further. I mean, not just support atheists, but I actually want to support every atheist that I've seen come up. Especially while I was a, I hate to say it, because a lot of the white male, the rich white male atheists, I have a lot of issues with. But um, I, I said let's support black humanism. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's exactly well, what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm, I was speaking of, well, I was speaking of um, specifically in the black atheist or humanist community. That's what I was speaking of mostly. I said being more specific. That's yeah, I think I, I I really think it should be. I I really wonder why it ain't more atheist because you know, with the with the belief system that's in place. And all the hopes and dreams that these people have is constantly getting dashed in the rocks and stuff. It seems like they would have just been in through their hands up. Like, and man, the light you know, doesn't come on. You know, <laughs> the light you know, doesn't you, come on. You, 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 you see all this stuff go on, and, you, and they talk about, oh, it, you know, well, where was God? Well, shit, obviously he was chilling in the recline watching the game. He missed it. I'm sorry. He couldn't, but, couldn't, but I think <laughs> they, they've been I, effectively I think, inoculated against that, though. Like, the way the, way the preachers have, over the years, because this, this thing is old. Over the years, they didn't try to, you know, spackle up some of the little loopholes. Oh, well, they say stuff like, well, he may not come when you need him, but he always wants, you know, those little folksy oh, shit, I'm sayings still waiting. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> still waiting from a time when I was 14. I'm 35. He's late as hell. But the thing is, I think with that, like, they're told that if all else fails, it's God's plan. And you're right. God forever in the afterlife. And, and atheism, is actually, atheism is actually the harder road because you're dealing with reality. Right? Yeah. There's like like they have the belief that if things are going wrong, there's somebody up there in the sky who's all powerful. You know what he's doing. Back, mm-hmm. Who has their back. Atheism, right. you don't have that. You just have to face reality. Right. So I think a lot of times, and just from, there, no, from people day, I right know. Wrong, you can't blame nobody. Exactly. I know people, yeah. you know, and, you know, they say, well, you know, well, God, I'm just going to pray and, you know, God's going to, and yeah. I'm like, no, you need to get off your ass and get out there and make it happen. But but they're comfortable in, in knowing that they can sit there and pray and things are going to turn out right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could turn out yeah, right. It transition. could turn out wrong. But but they have the that why- belief that. They have that the behind reason, them having their back. The reason back. why I appreciate I appreciate atheism because I'm not all the way there. I'm in a transition in, in a transitional point right now, which I guess you mm-hmm. call that not or whatever. But the reason mm-hmm. I appreciate atheists is because you guys don't embrace pain and suffering. You know, like you say, you get up off your ass and do something about it. it ain't just oh woe right. is me and everything is gonna be bad. And I never understood that. Like, why do I have to live my life all bad and messed up in order to be happy when I'm dead? Like, that does not yeah. make any sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and you tell me you're gonna change who I am, so damn, I just basically wasted 70 or 80 years here, you know what I'm saying, waiting to go somewhere and turn into somebody else. So what was I supposed to do with this right here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
about how people are brainwashed and the conditioning, there's also a tremendous amount of negative connotation and very real mm-hmm. life of people getting disowned from their families, losing their jobs. Oh, yes. There are yeah. a lot of people that sit silently and, and yeah. you know, kind of watch and question internally. And so what can we do to help those people, even if there are some of us who are not quite yet comfortable to get up on a podium and, and wear our, our proudly our scarlet letter A, um, hmm. that if we're not at that point yet, what we can do is we can also support in silence. So we have organizations like Plug, 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 Grand Unified Theory that is doing things to promote science education and rational thinking awareness, even if you're just clicking a like to follow, you know, the right. that are being given, that starts to grow the numbers. So if we have a page of 27,000 followers, that tells somebody there are 27,000 other people who are probably uh-huh. the same way that they are and gives them the courage uh-huh. to become a silent supporter, which opens up the door to, you know, more cognizant thinking. Thank you so much for that, Marissa. We're actually going to close out now. I want to thank everyone who has joined me on the show today. Special thanks to our guests earlier in the show, Gatzilla, which is Seagas, and Shruzilla. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, also wanted to give a big special shout-out to my Grand Unified family, as well as my guest panelists, Marissa Holliday and Bruce Smith. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I also wanted to make sure I put out some announcements for everyone. Um, this is actually funny. This is actually my mother's idea that I do announcements on the show because she feels that, and my mother's not even an atheist, by the way, but she feels like <laughs> atheism is important to talk about. She feels like, the, <laughs> she really loves the announcements. This is her idea. So let me go ahead and share with you some a few announcements. Black Skeptics LA conducted a presentation at Models of Pride on Saturday. I talked about that a little bit earlier. And it was a great experience. It was me, Nakomi, and Liz from Black Skeptics LA. We spoke with the LGBTQ youth in um, Los Angeles, and it was we did a, sec- a section on secular humanism and social justice and how to be good, quote-unquote, good without God. So also I want to give a congratulations to uh, so Dr. Sakilu Hutchinson, she was chosen as Woman of the Year for due to her being a radical humanist, activist, educator, and writer who advocates for social justice within academic and atheist movement circles while putting her theories into practice in her own community of Los Angeles. She's a beacon for social, secular women throughout the world. In 2013, she released her latest book, Godless Americana, Race and Religious Rebels. You to check that out. Um, and check out secularwoman.org. You can check out, you know, get a little information about Dr. Sakibu Hutchinson, who's actually the founder of our organization, Black Skeptics LA. And also I wanted to make sure, oh, please check out MC Brooks' show he did yesterday on the Break Beat. It's in the archives on Black Thinkers Radio. If you go to blackstockradio.com slash blackbeatthinkers, you will hear that show. It was a conversation about college football players uh, getting paid, whether or not they should get paid. And we kind of got yelled at. We were told to shut up and that we probably didn't go to college. Um, it was a very oh, wow. interesting conversation. Yeah. Wow. He got, a little, he, he got crazy. So check out that archive. I love it. Also, check out the M and Evil show. They're going to have a show tomorrow at 3 p.m. PST, Pacific Center Time, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, regarding science fiction and horror shows. So make sure you check that out. Also, uh, Raina Rose gave me this. Uh, go to Twitter, and if you put the hashtag POC Beyond Chat, 
Um, it's it's an interesting uh, conference they have every Thursday. They uh, they talk about they have a set of questions that they ask on that hashtag. That's a conference about people of color beyond faith and beyond religion, and some different questions about secular humanism. So check that out, and also follow POC Beyond Faith on Twitter. Those are my announcements. Again, thank you to everyone that joined us. And I'm your host, Vita Star. Add me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. I'm under the name Vita Star, V-I-D-A-S-T-A-R-R. Uh, I appreciate every one of you. Good night, everybody. I hope Good you guys night. had a wonderful Bye. show. Yeah. Right. Oh, right now, Absolutely. let me just play Bill Gibran, New Religion. Shout out to Bruce for sending me this song. <laughs> I never really believed in a pastor or the hereafter Was taught to think for myself and be my own master Never scared of the fire and brimstone Or superstitious like someone prying a wishbone I was the kid in the church with all the questions Went straight in on the plate, forgot to bless it And didn't stress it, desperate for truth Confessing in the food wasn't for me Still they tried to force me, spoon fed their story and bored me Started my search around 14 And found more teens that felt like me That sat in pews and never knelt like me We're not enthused, I'm not a fool I believe in a higher Baptized with chastised, believe in the choir My knees in the fire, they said But as a leader, I didn't like where they led So now...